Hello and welcome to the podcast for the February 2007 issue of The Lancet Infectious Diseases. I'm Richard Lane and I'm joined by senior editor Pam Daz to discuss the highlights from this month's issue. Pam, the theme this month is malaria in pregnancy. What led you to choose this theme? Well, the authors who are experts in the malaria field um, approached me about a year ago and they brought it to the attention that malaria in pregnancy was a much neglected issue. And as a result of that, they had approached various funding bodies to try and get more money and resources to address this area. And one of the uh, funders they approached was the Gates Foundation, who were very keen to know more about this area. And one of the prerequisites for funding uh, this area was to put together uh, six reviews highlighting all the current up-to-date knowledge we know in the various aspects of malaria and pregnancy, the gaps and setting out a sort of research agenda as to how we can move forward. Malaria and pregnancy is a huge problem. It results in substantial maternal and especially fetal and infant morbidity. One of the papers states that it causes 75,000 to 200,000 infant deaths every year. Now, pregnancy-associated malaria can have devastating consequences for both the mother and child, and that includes severe maternal anemia and low birth weight in the infant that makes them susceptible to all kinds of problems in later life. Now, historically, the severity of this problem has actually been known for decades, but the reality is that most women are unaware of being infected, so the true burden is actually quite silent. Why do you think malaria and pregnancy is such an overlooked issue? Well, there seems to be a number of reasons. I think whatever disease one looks at, pregnant women always seem to fall to the bottom of the priority list. Pharmaceutical companies are simply reluctant to test their drugs and vaccines in this group due to safety concerns of harming the mother or child during the trial. The problem is that what drugs are out there, their use is being compromised by drug resistance across certain parts of sub-Saharan Africa. So really there's just not enough good treatment for this group. It seems that in terms of malaria research in pregnancy, that has also been neglected and many of the programmes have been very difficult to fund. One gleans from the reviews that the studies that support the current treatment and prevention recommendations tend to be small and standalone with different designs and criteria that have made it very difficult to form clear-cut and definitive recommendations. And then on top of that, there are also cultural issues. There are taboos in certain parts of Africa where taking antimalarials like chloroquine and quinine are rumoured to onset early labour, which is totally untrue. But these rumours have been very difficult to work against. So it's a very complex situation with a lot of different issues. Pam, you mentioned a moment ago prevention and control. What are the key prevention and control strategies that exist at the moment? Well, the major prevention strategies are insecticide-treated bed nets and intermittent preventative treatment therapy, which is otherwise known as IPTP, where you give treatment at predetermined intervals. And finally, prompt clinical management. 
Now, the use of insecticide-treated bed nets and intermittent preventative treatment have been around for a number of years and have been proven effective. But as Jane Crawley says in her review on the challenges to policy change and programme delivery for malaria in pregnancy, coverage of these interventions is generally very poor. There are a couple of countries like Zambia and Malawi who've done particularly well and have high coverage. But this is just two countries in a very large continent. Uh, So it's actually been quite disappointing that even though there are interventions out there, they just haven't been used extensively. And Pam, in this issue, there are seven technical reviews concerning malaria and pregnancy. Is it possible to summarise the main messages coming out of these reviews? The reviews cover up-to-date knowledge of a wide range of issues that include epidemiology and burden of disease, pathogenesis and immunity, case management, prevention, treatment, policy implementation and programme delivery, and finally, the economic impact. What the reviews highlight quite extensively is the critical gaps in our current knowledge in all these areas and suggest possible reasons for why the interventions have been woefully slow to translate into policy and practice. And in your Leading Edge editorial, you're calling for a new advocacy movement. What should this achieve? Well, what I'd like to see is a voice, a movement that needs to be at the table among the key players in malaria control and reproductive health to ensure that malaria and pregnancy issues are always high on the agenda and translated into policy and practice quickly. It is, after all, the number one target risk group in sub-Saharan Africa. At the moment, the situation is that the experts in malaria control are placing a lot of emphasis on the use of artemisin combination therapy, which isn't recommended for the first trimester of pregnancy, as uh, the use of these drugs have been shown to have an adverse effect in animal studies, and indoor residual spraying, on which there's very little information on pregnancy outcomes. So pregnant women are being automatically excluded from the approaches used to tackle malaria at the moment. So there really does need to be a more tailored approach. By having a voice, a movement that keeps the pressure on the key players in malaria control and governments, we will ensure that malaria in pregnancy does not get neglected as it has done. And in addition to the technical reviews, Pam, there's an important paper looking at the future research agenda in this field. What are the priorities coming out of this paper? Well, what the authors do here very nicely is to sort of prioritise the research needs from the previous seven papers, focusing on specific areas of research which are likely to lead to improvements in maternal and child health in malaria endemic areas in the foreseeable future. Their top priorities are identifying new safe and effective drugs to treat malaria in pregnancy, looking for new drugs which could replace sulfadoxine pyramethamine, which is currently being used for intermittent preventative treatment, but because of extensive resistance to this drug, there is a need to find new drugs. And also looking at the best ways, the combinations of using these interventions in different epidemiological settings and finding different ways of scaling up the use of insecticide-treated bed nets, which we know work very well, and IPTPT, and finding optimum ways of using these in Africa in a cost-effective way. And what the authors finally conclude is they call for a consortium of researchers that's likely to be themselves and others to be able to